Well, good morning. It's great to see you. Um, it, it really is. So uh, we're going to look this morning uh, at the theme, salt and light. And uh, we're continuing in a series in, um, in the mornings on Testify. And as a church in our life groups, we're looking at Talking Jesus. And uh, th- there's something in that for us as a church. As, and it, it's incredibly exciting, um, our community involvement and activity. And there's lots of other things. There's a few things highlighted this morning. There's a lot of other stuff going on, and we recognize that. But it is really exciting. Uh, but I want to just speak about something even more exciting. How not just as a gathered church we can be involved in the community, but as a scattered church we can multiply the power and effect of what we can do in the community. So what we're hearing about this morning, some amazing things that, that God is doing and has been doing in our church for a number of years, but the community and local authorities are recognizing that and sort of resourcing, help resourcing us in that. That comes out of us as a gathered church. I also want to share, and we celebrate that, some amazing things that can happen from in our lives as a scattered church. And I want to talk about that this morning. And if you, if you forget anything, it's about the power of the scattered church that I want to speak about this morning for a moment or two. So, okay, thank you. That's great. Um, I'm going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. You can either have a look on the screen, or you can turn to it in a Bible. Uh, the old-fashioned way, actually in a book in front of you, or an iPad, or an iPhone, or whatever phone you've got, or whatever it is. Or you may want to just sit back and listen. Whatever's best for you, but this is what we're just going to focus on for a few moments. Now, you may know this verse, these verses so well, and I appreciate that, because I've read them. I've been a Christian for over 30 years, you know, reading and rereading and rereading. But I always ask, Holy Spirit, something fresh today. So don't fall into the trap this morning of saying, oh, I heard it all before. There just is a possibility, if we have an open heart, that God can just drop something in fresh today. Because why? He's the living God. The Holy Spirit is alive and here right now. So let's just ask, Holy Spirit, let's just take a moment. Holy Spirit, I just pray that this morning something fresh could be dropped into my heart and our hearts and our minds. You know, we're going to hear things and read things that we've maybe seen before and heard before, but there's something fresh today. For this moment in time, as an individual, my life and family, and as a church, you've called us here for a time such as this. And at this very moment, there are certain things that you want to do in us and through us and amongst us. So would you just speak, Lord Jesus, we pray, for you are the living God. In your mighty name we pray. So, let's have a look at this together. It says in chapter 5, verse 13 to 16, Jesus is sharing um, some, uh, uh, some, some, some teaching to a group of gathered people and particularly his disciples. And he says this to them as they're re- assembled around on, on, a, on a hill. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And glorify your Father in heaven. 
So this, the, the series that we're looking at in the mornings, Testify, is really looking at, um, a Testify is, is, is taking Jesus from where he is to where he isn't. That's what mission is. That's what evangelism is. Uh, that when we say we're going to testify, it's really taking Jesus from where he is to where he isn't. And that can be, and you don't have to go from, say, Long Eaton to Africa to do that. You may do that as a missionary. That, that may be the case. I, I'm, I, you know, that may happen. But you, you can take Jesus from where he is in your life and our hearts to college in a sociology lecture. When you take your car for an MOT in your heart and life. This is what we're, so taking Jesus from where he is to where he isn't is, is the most amazing, amazing, uh, the most amazing thing. And so um, Jesus said some things to his disciples. Uh, with this in mind, uh, let's look at two things. He says, you're salt of, uh, uh, um, he says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and light. So a couple of things I just want to just say about that. Salt. Let's look at salt just for a moment or two. Uh, the, the, the picture that he's using there, just for a moment or two. And, uh, you know, in the ancient world, salt, yeah, for you and I, you know, uh, in our, our modern lifestyle, you reach for the salt, it's uh, out of a salt shaker. Uh, but in the ancient world, it just was not like that. In actual fact, in the ancient world, salt was one of the most costly things you could get your hands on. It was uh, quite difficult to get your hands on. Um, it... it, 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 it the way to make salt was, was, a, was, was quite an interesting, costly process. Uh, the salt that, would be, that could be used in, in food uh, uh, and in life. And, and so, so in the ancient world, in actual fact, you can find out this for yourself, so don't just take my word from it, but in the ancient world, it was very costly. In fact, in the Roman army, in the time that Jesus was speaking, a Roman soldier would be paid in salt. I know. You're looking at me and saying, what, what a fat lot of good that is. But in actual fact, salt was so costly. The, the idea, worth, is, is, is he or she worth their salt? That's where it comes from. Are you worth your working wage? Are you doing a good job? Um, the word salary comes from this word, salt, the Latin word. It's really interesting. And so when Jesus was speaking, in, in the ancient world, they, the salt was, 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 was quite an amazing substance because, you see, salt was used to stop the rot. It was used to purify. You didn't have a fridge freezer. And in, and in the hot climate, you can imagine meat would go off instantly. And so if they found that if you rubbed salt into meat or fish, or it could be cured, it could last for a very long time, stop the rot. Salt was in, in the ancient world considered to be something of the gods. What is the name of that South African meat, Mark? Bhutan. That's it, you guys, you know. Well, it has a, a, quite a salt content in it. Would I be right? Salt is rubbed into meat. And um, salt was, was used, if, if you had an eye complaint, you could, with a saline solution, a solution of saltier water, warm water, washed through the eyes, could, could, be, could heal any, any sort of infection of the eye. So if you had, in the ancient world, in the, when, I went, when I went to India, well, not in the ancient world, I went to a very hot climate, it didn't take very long for me to have a little cut that turned a little bit funny in the, very, in the heat. I was sweating all the time, 24-7. It was that hot. And, and had to get something. Um, uh, they, they had to give me something to, to sort of um, protect me from it, it going funny. And so in hot climate, salt was, had, had a, a, a healing property. Not only could it stop the rot, but it could also heal a sore 
or, or, or a sore throat. One of the old remedies, you know, don't, please don't, you know, an old remedy would have been gargle with a saline solution if you've got a sore throat. Some people still do that today. Salt has an incredible power to it. And in the ancient world, they considered this something from the gods because it was so, so difficult to make. It was so costly to buy. The Chinese exported it. And, and, and soldiers were paid in it, and you could sell it off and, and have a lot of money from it. It was considered, and because of its healing properties, its purifying properties, its, its properties when you, when you had food, it could season a, a, a great meal, make a great meal. And so because of this, it was considered something from the gods in the pagan world. So when Jesus, here we go, boom, boom, here's the punchline now. So when Jesus spoke to those around him, for you and I, it, 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 it sort of, yeah, oh yeah, I know what salt is. But for them, it was amazing. To be called salt would have been this idea of you, you're going to purify this world. You're going to stop the rot. Not only that, you're going to heal this world. Not only that, you're going to bring it to taste good. And not only that, you're going to be priceless and costly. A few fishermen and a ragtag group of people, Jesus was saying, you're that priceless, you're going to be that amazing. And he says that of you and me. You, you, we are salt of this earth. That's the sort of properties and power. But you know, Jesus warned of some things. He said that the salt can lose its saltiness. In the, in the ancient world, the way salt was made, it sometimes had a few impurities in it. It came from rocks. It had a bit of rock in it and, and other stuff. And, um, and, 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 and if other impurities got into it, it, it would lose its, its purity. Uh, there's a bit of a picture there. You know, for you and I in life, the danger is that we can lose our saltiness. We can get diluted. We've got to watch our heart and life and mind and spirit. Not watch over our shoulder. I don't mean it like that. We've got a loving father who's egging us on and saying, go on, you can do it. You can do it. We've not got to watch over our shoulders. If, oh, I'm going to get whacked because I'm not living a good life. We've got this great God that's egging us on all the time. You can do it. But we've got to watch our life because we can... We can lose our saltiness. You can, re- you can appear to be no different from the person around you or beside you. It's interesting. When the Christian Institute uh, took a seminar here and we hosted it as a church, we, we just were acted as the facility and people came from different churches across the air. It was a great night, great crowd of people. And they were sharing about the, 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 the way our nation is going and how as Christians you can make a difference. Uh, different people were asking questions of, well, what can you say? Can you actually say that in a politically correct world? And the guys from the Christian Institute said, yeah, just say what the Bible says. Say it with love and grace. You don't have to defend it. It works. Sometimes we, we, we mustn't lose our saltiness. You know, God works. It's true. He's good. His word stands for itself. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to duck. But we do, and I do, and we can lose, and we can just blend into the crowd. We don't, we're so scared of being different, but we are a different people. We're renewed in Christ. And so the, the, Jesus warned, don't lose your saltiness. And he's, he said, and something else, he said, you know, uh, in this, you know, you see it in the picture of the salt shaker and the salt. Salt needs to be scattered. And this is the punchline. He didn't actually say this, but this is what happens with salt. You don't keep salt just in the salt shaker. It needs to be applied you know, to stop the rot, the salt needs to be rubbed into the meat. You know, you've got to spread it on your meal. There's a bit of a picture there for life and for me and you. You know, there's something about 
our lives, where we need to be applied to the world in which we live. And so when Jesus spoke about you are salt and light, he was saying to them, yeah, you, you bring purity. You, you have the power and potential in the Holy Spirit in you and through me, that whereby wherever we go, we can, we can stop the rot, as it were. Well, Jesus in us and through us, not me particularly and on my own. But we make a difference. We can season the world in the area, my family, my marriage, my home, my work, college, wherever we go. But salt needs to be shaken out of the salt shaker. Um, gathered and scattered. Uh, we've, we've looked at this. Uh, you can't, it doesn't, would you like to turn your eyes to the, the screen at the back? Let's, let's all do that just for a moment. If you look at the screen at the back, you can actually see what I'm trying to show at the front. <laughs> We're, we're, we're about to get a new projector, so, so it, it, it will. But okay, you can turn your eyes forward now. Thank you. You want to hurt your neck. But then you get the idea of what we're trying to show there. It doesn't quite show it on the main screen. But the idea of being gathered and scattered. You know, in the, we are gathered today. We're church. Church is people. And today we're gathered. And here you are. It's, it's the, under the gathered one. You can see uh, the people there. And, uh, but, but we'll go from here and you and I will be church scattered when you go from this place, we're gathered at the moment, and when you, we go from here, we'll be scattered. You're still church. And so we are the gathered church that will be scattered as salt throughout the whole week. Well, you, know, you and I can probably say that we would spend gathered about 10% of our time. 90% of your time and my time will be scattered. Are you salty? When Jesus says you'll be salt and light... We will be scattered from this place. And so when we're here, this is a place to gather, to worship God together with other like-minded people. It's a place to give glory to him. It's a place to be re-energized, be re-inspired, to find healing, to find hope, and be released and scattered throughout the other 90% of my time to be salt wherever I go. Um, and so, uh, so we gather... So, you know, we gather here to, to honor God so that we can be empowered to scatter. And uh, church is people, you and me, and there is power when we scatter. You know, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead can be when we gather. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you and I when we scatter. And scatter and gather go together. Some people will say, well, I'm the, I'm the church, I don't need to gather. That's not true. It's not true. In Hebrews, the writer Paul says, do not forsake the gathering together as some in habit are doing. Okay? So we, there's power in gather and there's power in scatter. The two are go together. And it's that that Jesus is getting at when he says, you are salt and light. Okay, moving on. Um, you get the, hopefully you get the point. So, so, so we are salt. And then he, he uses an, an, another picture. We're salt in the world. And so isn't that amazing? Wherever you go, you, you can be like salt. You could bring purif- a purifying influence to stop the rot. We just need to be, well, don't, don't get me wrong on this and don't, don't do this the wrong way. We need to be rubbed in. Someone rubs you up the wrong way at work. Or maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit in you and I can change something. Isn't that amazing? We'll look at that in a minute. Okay, moving on. He then uses another picture. He says, you are light. You're the salt of the earth. It's powerful. And he says, you are the light to the world. Jesus is the light of the world. 
And when he releases us, we can go. And he says, now you're light. Like me, go and be light. You know, um, he, he talks about that, doesn't he? He says, you're the light of the world. A town built on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your, look at this. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father. That they may see the goodness of God in you, not just doing good things, because we can all do good deeds, but when God, the Holy Spirit, is in us and releasing us, it, the good things that we do, the goodness of God, brings glory to God, not you and not me. And um, so il- light illuminates darkness. Um, you know, um, fire was an amazing discovery for the human race. I know for you and I, switch on a light, it's great, isn't it? You know, uh, but go back to the ancient world at the time of Jesus. I don't know if you've ever, ever watched, it always fascinates me, these Bear Grylls TV programs, and he, he teaches them bushcraft and, and how, to, how to get a spark, and then from a little bit of kindling. Hard, I, mean, I don't know how they do it, but just from, from just a few bits, and, there's a bit of smoke, and then a few, a few minutes later, a little flame, and half an hour later, there's a raging fire. He says, you're the light. You're the fire for this earth, this world. Um, interesting, isn't it? In, in Jungle Book, it's King Louis that goes to Man Cub. Mowgli, give me fire. Give me the secret of fire. There's this idea, isn't there, of, uh, you know, and, 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 and in the ancient world, it was light and heat. Life. It was life. It was life and death. The discovery of fire, how to make fire, was an actual fact as much as that. You know, bush, bushcraft teaches you that if you get marooned somewhere, you need to get a fire. You know, with these programs, don't they escape the island or live on the island or whatever the island program is? Um, they, they, they've got to make, make a camp and get a fire going pretty quick because it's going to be life and death. For you and I, it's not quite like that. But in the ancient world, when he says you're the light of the world, you are life and death, you are illumination, you're heat for this planet, for people around you. That's incredible. He was saying something as most powerful as that. And uh, light illuminates the darkness. It, it, it brings hope and help. Hope. Of the nations in Jesus Christ, the desire of all nations, and the help for our lives. But, he's, but it, we, we, understand, we understand that. So we're, Jesus in us, through us, wherever we go, can be light, hope in our hearts and lives. You know, people today want to know something about life and to be able to live Jesus and share Jesus in a normal, natural, supernatural way brings hope and light and illumination to people. But the thing is, is the light needs to be switched on. As someone said, as the days get darker, the church needs to get brighter. As the days get darker, I need to become brighter. And uh, isn't it interesting? A small candle, a little tea light in a dark room seems to, you can see, isn't it incredible? A little tiny tea, you might not think you're very much, but just a spark in your life could make a huge difference in your marriage, your home, your work, college, let Jesus do it. Don't, let's, let's not talk ourselves out of something or into something. Let's just let Jesus do it and we just give ourselves humbly for his glory. He'll do amazing things. That's how we see miracles happen. Um, a man, uh, a, a priest and a poet, uh, going back to the sort of 
1580s, name was uh, Angelus Silesius, wrote this poem, uh, a bit of poetry regarding um, sparking into life and being light. He said, Should first my lamp spread light and purest rays bestow, the oil must from you, my dearest Jesus, flow. He was a priest and mystic in the, um, in the early days of the, uh, the church. The oil from you, my dearest Jesus, must flow. Am I switched on? The light, the light of life, the flow of the Holy Spirit in my heart and life. That's not to beat ourselves up because a little spark with a bit of kindling sets a great fire. Isn't that amazing? Go back and have a watch. Go on YouTube and look at how Bear Grylls lights a fire just from a spark and a bit of kindling and it's incredible what can happen. Yeah, you know, just the spark of new life, of resurrection life in you and me could light a fire in someone else's life and family and home and work. It's incredible. And this is, uh, but it's got to show. It's got to show. You can see in the picture there, you know, we can, we can be a Christian and yet there's not much going on in my heart and life. The fire has dimmed. The lights have gone out. Uh, the lights have got to come back on. The lights have got to come back on. You can see it in the picture on the screen there. So, um, don't hide your light, says Jesus. You've got to be on fire. You've got to have a light. You've got to be switched on. We need to be in touch with him. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's got to be a flow of the Spirit. There's got to be a desire in my heart. And, uh, and then I mustn't hide it. Yeah, he, he says, you put a lamp on a stand. Uh, I, 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 Pastor Andrew, was, we, we, was, we were talking about this, and Andrew was saying it in their life group, they looked at this idea, what is your stand? Uh, that really struck me when Andrew was saying that. It was something that really struck me at the time. What is your stand? And uh, that, that, that's, that's really powerful, isn't it? Where do we stand? What stand do you take for Christ? I'm not saying you have to stand on a soapbox and talk down to people. We don't do that. Um, I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by grace, so, so we're all in the same boat. But um, am I, is there any difference to my life from anyone around me? Uh, do you have an opinion on life? Um, I mean, uh, we're scared. And, and, I, and you know... You, you, have, you have someone like Dame, is it Kelly Holmes, talking about um, being an athlete and uh, being transgender and now being classed as being transphobic just because she has an opinion. So we're scared of getting an opinion maybe today. But um, there's a way of speaking with grace and love, isn't there? And, and having a stand. And this is what... God says, and this is what the word of God says. It's not what I'm saying, it's the Bible. This is what the Bible says. It's a great way of, uh, but, uh, and, and so we've got to be, there's a time sometimes, and, and it is a cost to be stand, stand up and be counted sometimes. But you put a lamp on a stand. You don't put it on a high horse. John Wayne got on a high horse. He was a very tall man, six foot something tall. And, I, and as Christians, if we get on a high horse, we're not talking about getting on a high horse if we make a stand. Getting on a high horse is being religious and condemnatory. And Christ was none of those. Jesus was a humble servant of all who actually got down in the dirt and washed feet. So this is where we come from. Our stand can be down in the dirt as we wash feet, but we could be making a stand. We could make a stand. And so God calls us today. There is power in the Holy Spirit living in me and living through you. And um, what was it? Uh, uh, there, was, there used to be a series. It tells you how old, how old I am. I'm going to give away my age now. Power to the people. Wharfie Smith. Citizen Smith. Oh, Joanne. 
Yeah, you and me. Uh, it was an old TV series, wasn't it? He, 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 he drove, what was it, a uh, centurion tank down the street or something, causing his new revolution. And, uh, but there is power in people, power of the Holy Spirit in, in born-again believers. And this is the lamp and light of the world. And there is power in people. You know, there's power in people. Scattered, salty, spirit-filled people. There is power in scattered, salty, spirit-filled people. I've got to tell myself that. We've got to tell ourselves that because we've been told by the world, be quiet, shut up, stay indoors, keep together. It's okay, you can do what you like, gathered, but when you're scattered, keep it to yourself. But it's not the case. Jesus says you're salt and you are light. With love and mercy, in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. The more humble and merciful we move, there's a greater flow of the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is a Spirit of grace. And that's where the flow is. And that's the flow that I want to get into. A man called E.M. Bounds, we're coming to a conclusion. And I want to show a little conclusion video just to, to, to top it off at the end. Um, a man called E.M. Bounds said, God's methods are men, meaning people. Just a way of putting the words. God's methods, men, people, are the methods of God. Um, I was thinking about that. This is one of my own. The world looks for better programs. God looks for better people. You know, the world in which we live, we look for better programs. Another idea, a different thing. But God looks for people. God so loved the world. What did he do? He sent his one and only son. The Emmanuel. God with us. Sent his son. Now he sends you and me. Like him. Now we're to go. Yeah, so we're gonna, I'm gonna, I want to close with a couple of minute video and uh, then we're gonna, the worship team are going to come. And uh, you may have seen this film before, but it's looking at the power of being scattered. And it opens up the idea of what, it can, what we as Christians, um, how living the life and being can have a powerful significance. Meet Anne. Anne always thinks of herself as fairly ordinary. Just an ordinary single, middle-aged mum with an ordinary, tiring job. She navigates through the ordinary dramas of life, but at the end of the day, she just gets on with it. Nothing to shout about, nothing to write home about. At least that's what she feels. But in truth, Anne doesn't get too much time to think about all this because Anne's busy. She has lots of people making demands on her. She has children that need to be taken to school, to friends, shops and often feels like a taxi driver but she's not a taxi driver she's a teaching assistant in a challenging school she supports the teacher puts up displays works with small groups of children at times acting like a cross between a sheepdog and a nato peacekeeping force she enjoys the job most days but gets home really tired just in time to put a taxi driver's hat on again so to keep fit she goes to her aerobics classes twice a week to keep sane, she makes sure she makes time for friends who can share the good times and the bad times with her. And at the end of the day, she winds down in front of the telly, whilst talking to her parents on the phone, feeling slightly guilty that she's not seen them for a while. That's Anne. But one other thing about Anne. A few years ago, she became a Christian. And since then, she's lived with a question that won't go away. How can I be used by God? She's looked around church, but it's not so easy to know what she can offer. She can't play a musical instrument, doesn't want to get involved in children's work, hasn't enough experience to lead a small group, and would only be asked to sing if she were the last person left on earth. 
However, she's part of the crash road to him because she has a nice smile. She's part of the welcome team. But to her, it all feels too little. She's fallen into the trap that loads of us fall into, of thinking that God only wants to use us in activities that are linked to church programmes. But the reality is that Anne has front lines all around her. Places where she spends much of her time, where God has already placed her, and where he's using her to make a difference. At work, at home, in cafes, in aerobic classes. She's surrounded by people that God loves, and she could pray for, drop the in the odd word, continue to love in practical ways, and really make a difference. This is her mission field. These are the strategic places where God has placed her. This is her front line. So here's the question. What would she feel about her life if she realised that in fact this ordinary life is no ordinary life at all? She'd still be the taxi driver for the kids on the back seat, but she'd see that her calling as a parent goes far beyond caring. She'd realise that she's the best teacher these kids will ever have about how to live the unnatural life as a Christian. Unnatural forgiveness, unnatural grace, unnatural mercy all need to be seen to be believed. But when seen, they'll never forget the power of this memory, used by God. At work, she might not feel hugely important. After all, she's not running the school. The truth is, she's far more significant than that. She's an agent of the kingdom, the kingdom whose king rules the universe. As she works diligently, she's already demonstrating the difference that being a Christian can make to life. And when some of the big questions of life come up, as they do from time to time, she's got real wisdom to share, used by God. And when she's with her friends, she talks about her life and faith with humour, honesty and a welcome sense of normality. And she's praying that her friends would join her in her faith in Jesus, used by God. And whilst their aerobic classes are no place to be singing, shine Jesus, shine, whilst desperately fighting for breath, it continues to do her good. She feels just a little bit more alive at the end of each session and goes home with a, just a touch more resilience as she mediates between children wanting to watch different channels on the same TV. Used by God. And Anne wonders how God could use her. Anne, look around you. This is your front line, the front line that God wants to use you on the one he's placed you in, the one that he's using to form you into the shape of Jesus. It's the front line that's unique to you. Because there's no one exactly like Anne, is there? Except Reg, who retired years ago, and Beth, who's at college having a great time, and Kwame in the bank, and Nicola, who's looking for a job, and Graham and Elaine, who's just had a baby, and Sharon, and Zoe, and Matt, and Danielle, and Susan, and Tony, and Paul, and, and, you. And you, and me. It's the idea, same idea, isn't it? We're scattered. We're gathered as a church and scattered as salt and light throughout the week. You know, the worship team are going to come back. But can we imagine? Imagine. Dream. Can we dare to dream? Can you imagine the power, people power? It's people power, empowered by the Holy Spirit, born again believers, everyone, every day, everywhere. Can you see the power multiplied? Some years ago, we took a whole series as a church and looked at this theme, multiply. But can you imagine that? I want to dream. I dare to dream what would happen if all believers, not just a one single church, but all Christians from all churches and all different walks of life, everyone, every day, everywhere, was salt 
and light. I tell you what would happen. I tell you what would happen. There'd be a mass revival of the nation, a complete reversal, a complete change of all things around us. It's incredible. It's amazing. So let's dare to dream and let's give our lives to be salt and light. We may need to be renewed today. I may need to be restored. I may need to come and ask God to just for his forgiveness. I might need a real sense of the fresh release of the person of the Holy Spirit. I might need to come and say, I want to realign my heart and life. Say, I want to live for your glory. Help me, Jesus. You may need help and strength in your marriage and home. It might be at work or college or school. But let's dare to dream. Every one of us, every day and everywhere, be in salt and light. And then, you know, what will be exciting is sharing our stories. That's our testimony, will be when we gather to share the story of what is happening in our hearts and lives from day to day and week to week. And we'll have something to talk about. Heavenly Father, we uh, just come before you this day and uh, we want to give our hearts afresh to you. Maybe you're here this morning. You are a good person. You know, you, you, you know being a Christian is more than a good person. If you're a good person, I, just, I take my hat off to you. Uh, being born in a Christian country like the United Kingdom, class is a Christian country, does not make you a Christian. Uh, reading the Bible, fantastic thing. If you doesn't make you a Christian, per se. Um, praying, again, amazing things. It's having a relationship, again, with God, our Creator and Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Maybe you were here this morning and you haven't come to a place in your life where you say, God, forgive me. I'm living my life without you. I want to live with you and for you. Now, God did something amazing. He found that there was a a chasm, a divide between us, his creation, and him. It goes back to the Garden of Eden when mankind, Adam and Eve, we went our own way. He said, I will live my life without you. And so God did something amazing. He sent his son Jesus to bridge the gap. He gave his life so that whoever would believe in him and trust in him could cross the bridge of his life back into a relationship with the living God. And so this morning, you may be in a place where you need to say, God, forgive me for living for myself without you. That's sin. I want to trust in your son and come back to you. Maybe that's you this morning. Do that right now. We're just going to give you a moment. You don't have to say it out loud, but say it in your heart to God right this very moment, just for a moment or two. We know, Heavenly Father, that you read the hearts of men and women boys and girls you know the human heart and right now you even hear the silent prayer it cries out loud before heaven would you receive anyone that's prayed this morning that prayer or forgive me for living for myself I want to live for you through your son Jesus maybe you're here this morning and like me you're like me I come before God and said, I want to live for your glory. Forgive me, God. I know what I, I'm like. I, I've, 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 I've lost some of my saltiness. I've, I've been diluted my heart. I'm not as passionate as I once was. Uh, I'm a bit scared to say anything. 
this isn't a time to beat ourselves up. It's a time just to embrace God's goodness. And it, a time, maybe you're under pressure at work. Maybe you've got constraints if you work in the medical world. And there's only certain things that you can say. Or if you're in education. And uh, maybe you work in a part of the city where Christianity, you haven't got much room to manoeuvre. Um, maybe you're afraid because people around you have told you, I don't want any of that. Um, maybe in our family and life we've shared our story and, and, and members of our family are not interested. I don't know what it might be, whether it's fear or, or people have said they're not interested. But it, it constrains us, it, it dilutes us. And uh, you know, if you're like me, it's, it's, I come to God again and say, fill me afresh. May I be released anew. May I be restored in my heart. I give you my heart. An amazing thing happens when you do that. The Holy Spirit of God is released afresh in us. There's a, a, a spark. It's like the pilot light. My God, Nicky Gumbel says a boiler has a spark. And then when it ignites to turn on the central heating, kaboom. Something lights up in my heart and life. It's called the power of the Holy Spirit. We need that. I need you, Jesus. And if you're like me, that's a call this morning. I give you my heart and life afresh. If that's you, let's raise our hands to heaven as we sing this last song together and say, Lord, fill me afresh that I might be salt and light scattered for you, that I might live for your glory in the name of Jesus. Let's do that, shall we? As we lift our hands to heaven and ask his Holy Spirit to be released in us anew.